got it going on, baby. To all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She is a queen. Good queen. You got it, girl. She is a queen. You better represent. Good queen. Good queen. Go. She's a queen about her business. Queen. Working hard on a mission. Enjoying another episode of the Key Chat Podcast. Today, my guest is a father, mentor, public speaker, author, and podcast host by the name of Pi McGelvin. We're going to talk about his new book entitled The Transition, and it's about the male perspective following divorce. And we're going to talk about that and also my favorite topic self love. How are you doing today? I'm doing well yourself. How's everything going with you? doing good thank you so much for joining the platform so I know like I said you have a long list of things that you do but I definitely wanted to start off first with your book so how about you go ahead and just introduce the book and just tell us all what it's about first the book is entitled the transition my journey uh it was inspired by my life after divorce so oftentimes we hear about the woman's perspective after divorce you know uh the dark times and their whole transitional period of, you know, uh, what they go through to try to get back on their feet after, you know, that particular situation happens to them. So uh, I just wanted to share uh, with everyone to let everybody know, listen, man, us men, we go through those emotional downtimes as well, right? And um, there are some situations we have as we're trying to get back uh, to our feet. Um, So I just wanted like people to understand that it's, it goes both ways and not all the time the woman is the victim mm-hmm. you know in terms of uh at the end of a divorce sometimes you know um it's not a man's choice but you know his wife may be doing some infidelity things and she might so everybody man it's, it it goes both ways and i just wanted to share yeah, you, yeah, I'm glad you said it because you're right. It all goes both ways. And I think a lot of things that people don't understand about divorce or the demise of any relationship, you do go through a mourning period. No one, I would think, you know, goes into marriage saying, hey, you know, one day we're going to end up divorced. <laughs> you know, I mean, should death do us part? Like people have good expectations when they walk into a marriage. So what are some of the things you feel that as a man, that you went through emotionally with your divorce that may not get talked about as much, like if you want to get into specifics? Well, for me, um, a lot of it really, um, it was painful, no doubt. Like I'll never downplay that. Uh, But a lot of it wasn't even about me. Um, Mm -hmm. It was more about my kids, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have children and you're getting divorced um, and they're the product of that, a lot of times kids tend to blame the breakup on themselves. Like, you know, what did I do? Or, you know, maybe because I misbehaved that day or, you know, so a lot of times they like to put this blame on themselves and not understanding um, their force. You know what I mean? This decision is forced upon them. It was made by two adults who just couldn't handle 
um, being together anymore as partners emotionally, right? So that, um, so my biggest challenge was just making sure that uh, regardless of what pain I was going through, that I stayed connected to my kids. So that was my biggest, you know, my, my, that was my biggest concern. And that's where I put most of my efforts into as I was going through my transition, thus putting my feelings and my emotions on the back burner to make sure the babies were good. Mm -hmm. How long were you married before you got divorced, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we were married almost 10 years, but we were together for almost 20. Mm. Wow. Yeah, How many so children do you have? Three. Did you go through therapy after your divorce? Like, what was your process for the healing? You know, like, did you seek professional help? Like, you know, like what was your, your step process, you know, to get over the wound? Honestly, I didn't. Um, again, a lot of my healing came from just being there with my kids um, and understanding that they knew daddy was here. So, so what I did was after the divorce, I intentionally, you know, moved probably a block away from where they lived. So uh, although emotionally I'm still going through this, I still wanted to make sure that my kids had that option of uh, after school, seeing daddy, before school, seeing daddy, uh, seeing daddy at practices, seeing daddy at games. Um, the one uh, pact that I made with them was that our relationship wouldn't um, minimize to holidays, weekends, or summer breaks, right? Because that's not what they were used to um, mm -hmm. growing up. So I didn't want them to have to deal with that. I didn't want to minimize our relationships. Oh, you can only see me here. Or you can, so I wanted them to still have some sense of normalcy to say, hey, that guy is still here. He's not going to leave me. So I'm good. You know what I mean? I feel good knowing that I can leave school and still see daddy or I can wake up with daddy and go to school. Although it was still a tough transition because mommy and daddy wasn't in the same house. However, at least we were close enough where, you know, they could still experience being with both parents, you know, daily or, mm -hmm. you know, a few times uh, out of the week. I commend you as a black man that you focus on your children, you know, and making sure you salvage that relationship, because I think that's so that's one of the main pitfalls. I think when a family demises, one parent gets the short end of the stick, the children suffer. You know, I think that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough when it comes to divorce. A lot of times I think people just think of it's just the two adults splitting up. But when there's children involved, it's not just the two adults that have walked away from a we, marriage. We don't even matter, right? And, and that's that takes a lot of maturity, like to understand that particular thing. Like at this point, I like at that point, I didn't even matter. As hurt as I was, right? I didn't even matter because I knew how as a as a as an adult, I knew how to kind of deal with my feelings and my emotions. Not all the time does kids know how to, I had two boys out of this marriage and a girl. So the boys aren't mature enough mentally to handle the situation, right? Uh, my son told me he was like, he, he was angry because he felt like 
you know, um, I was being replaced. So, you know, when moms is dating someone else, he was like, no, I'm not doing that because you're not replacing my dad. So I just had to help him understand that it's not that I'm be, I'm never, I'll never be replaced because a I'm divorcing your mother. I'm not divorcing you guys. And I think that's what a lot of men need to understand, right? That you're divorcing your partner. You're not divorcing your kids. So all that, all that craziness about, well, they're dating this, let this guy, no, that's your child, right? So why would you leave your responsibilities to another man instead of just saying, hey, they're mine, right? And they depend on me. And I just had to do whatever I could to make sure they were good. So that's that was a lot of uh, my therapeutic process uh, through this whole uh, divorce thing. Just making sure as mm-hmm. long as I saw that my kids were good, then I was good. And then mm-hmm. everything else with me, I could kind of figure out and get through. So that was, yeah, that was my, um, my journey. And that was actually, man, that was my strength through the mm-hmm. entire process, along with family support and, you know, and friend support, different things of that nature. But uh, the most important component for me was just, ma- just knowing that my kids were still, they could still smile because daddy's still at football games. Daddy's still at back to school nights. Daddy's mm-hmm. still, you know, so that right there for me, just, that just meant the world to me. So do you think, not minimizing what you went through, but do you think because you salvaged having a healthy relationship with your children that it made the divorce or maybe the pain of it somewhat easier to deal with? Like, I hate to use the term easier, but was it was it better to manage, I guess? It was manage- more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more manageable. It was because, again, um, think about anything you go through, right? When you have some type some type of distraction, that main thing isn't that main thing anymore because you have something to, you know, kind of like take your mind off of that. So, yeah. um, Or I don't know if it made it tougher because I was still around, you know, a lot more than I wanted to be, you know, and and the presence of, you know, the ex. So, yeah. And and, uh, and we all know, man, in the beginning, things get extremely, extremely ugly. Right. So, it's tough, man. Um, but somebody had to be the adult, like, you know, and that was just my approach. And, and by nature, I'm the type of person that I don't like conflict or confrontation anyway. So I'll do whatever I can to take myself out of that equation when it comes down to conflict, conflict and confrontation. And I never, ever, my kids never saw me angry ever. Like, so I'm not, I was, they never saw me get into any type of anything, confrontation with their mother. So, mm-hmm. um, and as, as they gotten older, that they're young adults now, they, they come to me and they appreciate me for that. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure they were good so that I could manage me, you know, and as long as, um, they were good, it was easier to manage despite what was going on. So even those mm-hmm. moments where, uh, you show me that you really don't care, then that's when I go into another mode and I shut down because now it's about self-care at that point. So I love me enough not to allow you to abuse me mentally and emotionally because you're upset about a decision that was mutually made by the both of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit a lot of points. And like I said, once again, I definitely commend you as a man 
that you forge that healthy relationship with your children because it's also I think the scary part you know and I'm speaking from a person that's divorced and my divorce was terrible you know it was a very ugly situation and it lingered for years but I think one of the plus sides of like what you just mentioned because as a black man especially you forced this positive relationship with your children as you also mentioned you did not allow them to see you know be negative towards their mother or anything like that another thing that you're doing is also setting a foundation for your children to show them still what healthy relationships mean you know i think that's one of the things you know when we when our black family fails you know and i come from parents that have been married over 50 years so when i got divorced i was like well you know damn you know you don't want to have your children think, okay, relationships are just destined to fail. You also don't want them to think that there's something wrong with them so that they can't have a successful relationship in the future. So I think it's just priceless that you showed your children a positive relationship regardless. You brought some positivity out of something that, you know, didn't work. So I think that's a plus because that's going to benefit them in the long run. Because, you know, obviously we want our children to repeat success, not things that we've, we've failed at, you know? Exactly. Yes. So that is a definite plus. So let's talk about the book. Now, you know, obviously you've been transparent right now about what you went through. What made you decide, hey, I'm going to put this in a book. I'm going to help some others that have been through this. I'm also going to tell the side from the male perspective. Because you're right. I think when we talk about divorce a lot, I think it's natural that people always talk about, you know, the female side of it. So it's always a plus to hear the male perspective on any subject. So what made you decide to put this on paper? I think I was indirectly forced, like, in a way where um, I just felt like it became a responsibility because myself and a lot of uh, my, my my guys, we were kind of going through the same situation at the same time and just sitting in a room full of men, emotional men, right? And just picking out the different emotions from angry to hurt to mad to, uh, like, just like done like you know what I mean to the point where they like you know people are just you have because you have those questions was it worth it did I waste my time um is it something I could have done differently so you know is there's always a, a bunch of questions and um and and for uh, about about a week or two I was going to bed and um I just kept like coming up with some I it's this thing this transition thing just kept hitting me and I'm like, well, I didn't know what to do with it. I honestly didn't know what to do with it. And um, so I told my lady at the time, I was like, listen, I keep getting hit with this transition. I don't know what it's about, but, you know, it's whatever. And, and she always tell me, like, your creative mind. So you're always you always have something going on. You'll figure it out. And um, we were talking, me and some of the guys were talking. And it was like, man, your perspectives on this thing, man, is amazing. You should, like, write them down and just share them with us. And let's have a, a a men's, you know, um, conference, and let's just talk about this thing. And um, I was like, wow, okay. So I was going to write a little memoir, right? And then it just turned into, nah, I'll be cheating myself if I do that. So I wanted to share more points about relationships, whether it's um, the divorce. To get to gather your your own personal relationship as you're going through to get yourself healthy again, the relationship between you and your kids, and then I wanted to um, counter round it off with, what can we do to you know, uh, kind of avoid 
that particular situation in general? How could we look or keep ourselves responsible for some of the agreements that we made at the beginning of a relationship, right? And hold one another accountable so that we don't even have to deal with, with this ugly, you know, disease. And it is a disease because it happens uh, far too often. And, right. and especially in our communities. And, and I see it as an educator where I'm dealing with young boys who doesn't have that dynamic in the home anymore. And like, just for them to get a hug from a man means the world to them. So, right. yeah, so I, I felt like I was kind of charged uh, to write this book. Like I just felt a moral responsibility to put it out there. Mm. Wow, that's really deep. So as far as the book, when did you write it? Oh, I wrote this book probably three years ago. Okay. Come on. So I take- wrote it. I wrote it well after my like well like well after the divorce. Okay. So okay. yeah. How long did it take you to write the book? About a about a year and a half. Mm, okay, that's a good amount of time. So yeah. when you wrote it, like what's how how's the response been? Have you like done any? I know COVID has done some things for authors, but have you been able to really reach out and you know no. do like a I haven't. Well, um Prior to COVID, when I released it, I was doing uh, festivals where they allow vendors to come in and sell. So um, I was I did pretty well um, when we mm-hmm. were allowed to be out as vendors and set up the tables. And then uh, people just understanding, you know, what the book was about and and knowing that it was written from a man, man's perspective. I definitely got a lot of feedback and I was invited to a lot of places to speak about the book. But then once COVID happened, that kind of, you know, shut it down and everything turned into Zoom. But um, I just feel like the connection isn't where it needs to be when you're really having these type of conferences and you have a bunch of people on a Zoom call and, you know, because everybody's doing their own thing. And uh, so Katrina, <laughs> you know, kick up your heels, man. She's phenomenal. So uh, she's like, listen, I don't know what you're doing. But we're not going to let this die. So you might as well get your mind right. We're going to get some more interviews going because people need to hear about this book. So uh, I thank her for really believing in this project and everybody around me, man, for believing in this project. Even when I felt like, okay, I wrote it. I did my part. I'm done. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I thank everybody for the push. So, yeah, it's um, and it's picking back up. It's picking back up. And um, I was told the other day, it was like, when you least expect it, it's it's going to really move for you. So just right. being patient. I think in general, just hearing things from the Black male perspective is needed. You know, no matter what you guys are talking about, I feel like it's, we need to have platforms from the Black male perspective. You know, it just enlightens people on different levels. It also gives empowerment to Black men as well because it's saying, hey, like we are listening to what you guys say too. You know, I just think it's much needed. So some other things I noticed when I was looking through your site, there was something on there about invisible wounds, which really struck me. So I definitely want you to explain that and to touch on that topic. Um, Invisible wounds, right? Mm -hmm. That's um, such an impactful statement because for me, um, a lot of people don't understand it, right? And 
a lot of people go through a lot of things from childhood to, you know, young adulthood, and they struggle and deal with a lot of traumas, man, whether it's emotional abuse, um, whatever it is. And, and we hold on to those things internally, right? And, and we go through different situations in life that kind of, uh, that are triggers to some of those uh, traumas, right? Mm-hmm. So although you can't physically see these scars on people, like people are scarred internally. And, and we don't know enough not to say certain things or treat people a certain way or respect people in certain manners so that we don't trigger these things, uh, these traumas that was once um, a big deal in their life because from parenting, parents could have done something to scar them emotionally and they never, they've never gotten over it. Because let's face it, in our communities growing up, right, uh, therapy was a no-no. Like, Black people don't do therapy. You're not doing that. You know, it, it, you know, wait, it was a taboo. Second. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, wait, so, one second. I couldn't hear you for one second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, with invisible wounds, right? So it's it's the trauma. It's the internal traumas that we, we suffer from childhood to young adulthood. Even even now, right? People will abuse you mm-hmm. mentally, right. emotionally, right? And a lot of times, you, you can't see these scars because they're not mm-hmm. physical scars. And people right. hold on to these things, and we become triggers uh, by not understanding that everybody is dealing with something at some level, and we yes. feel like we can say what we want to people, do what we want to people treat people however we want to and it's okay and a lot of people man they deal in different ways so a lot of people they'll just break down and give up some people will snap right so yeah that invisible wound thing is um is real it's real and I want people to understand that that is real and we definitely have to start taking care of one another man like we as humans were put on this earth to love right and that's Mm -hmm. probably the one area we struggle with the most right wow so yeah (laughs) that is a very powerful statement and you did mention something else important like we definitely did not our generation did not grow up oh go to therapy like what is that (laughs) like that's suck it up yeah suck it up get up be a man yeah 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 I just go pray about it, which, like I said, I'm always tr- careful when I say that because I'm not trying to minimize but, the power of prayer. Hear, hear this, right? Everybody always y'all go pray about it, right? So, and, and like yourself, I get kicked back from that as well. I grew up in church. I'm a strong believer in the power of prayer, God, and I, and I believe that, you know, he takes care of us to the point that I believe that he put people in place, right? So that we can take care of us as well. So if we believe in him that much, that we should believe in his, you know, creation mm-hmm. of people, therapists, family, right? So regardless of how much you pray, at some point, you need a human touch. That's why he put other humans here. Because yes. we can't always touch him, mm-hmm. right? So although we can reach him through prayer, 
not always is he will he physically talk back to us sometimes you just need that human touch so it's not downplaying the power of prayer it's just understanding that he's here for us in more ways than just prayer mm. yes 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 i love it and another thing that i saw of your site a quote that i really like is that when you've reached the point in life when you look at everything and everyone through a negative lens that's when you're that's when you've reached an unacceptable level of unhappiness <laughs> like that really struck me too you know and I've said this in the past unhappiness really at the end of the day is a choice you know life is not perfect you know I do tell I do talk about manifestation self-love a positive mindset and but I also have my disclaimer hey I don't fart glitter all day like I have some terrible days I have days when I'm upset you know <laughs> but I still have the power to take control of that you know what i'm saying we all do you know it doesn't mean life's going to be perfect no d life is not going to be perfect we're going to have some days that really can get the best of us but we do have the power like i said on how we control that so with that statement and i know you touched on it a bit earlier about self-love but i definitely want to hear your perspective on self-love as a male you know because i think for women sometimes we I think sometimes I've asked that question, people correlate it to physical self-care, but for me, self-love is internal. So I would like to get your perspective of self-love internally as a man, especially a Black man. How, uh, how do you define it? Self-love for me is just, A, um, being truthful. Like, you know, everybody, you know, the young kids keeping it real, right? So I got to keep it real with me, right? I got to understand what makes me go and what doesn't motivate me to go, right? So once you understand who you are as an individual, then you can do whatever you want at this point. But when you don't want to take time to yourself, for yourself, to learn yourself, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And you'll never grow. So I don't care how much success you think you see in physically, like how many millionaires do we know that have committed suicide, right? Because we're thinking they got money. Oh, they got, they, they got, they're good. No, because they haven't taken out time to themselves, for themselves, to heal themselves, right? So go back to the uh, invisible wounds, right? Those internal traumas. A lot of times people don't like to go through the complete healing process of anything. Right. We as humans always want a shortcut to something, right? So we don't want to, and, and, I, and I often tell people, man, in this healing process, there's going to be pain, right? Pain will always be a part of that process and you need to complete that process. So don't try to shut it down when those painful moments arise. Deal. Mm -hmm. Face mm -hmm. it, face it, face it head on and get it right and understand what's causing this pain and let's get better from it stop trying to go around it stop trying to shut it down stop trying to think we're, we're mentally strong enough to ignore it because you're not because what's going to happen is as soon as somebody says something to do something to trigger that thing again it's going to snap right back so my definition of self-love is hey like whatever pains traumas uh whatever 
you are going through as an individual, black man, black woman, white man, white woman, whoever you are, whatever pains you struggled with and you suffered through, allow yourself complete healing. If you allow yourself complete healing, you can do wonders for yourself. So that right there is important to me, no matter what I go through or no matter what I've been through, I have to really dig in and make sure that I'm over that thing to the point where I can move on and not be mad at nobody else and carrying this over to somewhere else because it's not the next individual's fault that you've been through that. So is it fair to them for you to throw that baggage onto them? It's not. And then mm-hmm. if you don't take our time to learn yourself, you can't be truthful to nobody else. You lying to everybody else if you don't know you. So then how can you love me if you don't love you? Right, right, right. Right. So that's that's my thing in, in terms of self-love, man. We and we gotta get it right. Like mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no shortcut to self-love. There's no way around the pain. Let's let's hit it, get let them tears roll. That's therapeutic, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Allowing them tears to roll. Sometimes, man, you can cry. And when you're done, you be like, man, I needed that. I really needed mm-hmm. that. So yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. so important. It's such an important key. And that thing, man, like about when you're looking, when you look at everything from a negative perspective, that's just that's tough, man. You definitely reach an, an unacceptable level. Uh, yeah, of hate because yeah. yeah, it's everything. Oh no, how? Go lock yourself in. Get right. Mm-hmm. Get and right. when you look at everything from a negative perspective, it's like it's like a virus. You know what I'm saying? It's like a bad stench. You know, people that's yeah. around they don't want to feel that energy. You know, it's, it's it's so like you can feel that negative energy from people that. You know, there's some people that you just don't want to talk to because if you tell them the sky is blue, they're going to find a cloudy, they're going to find a dark cloud no matter what. You want to hear that. It just really tears down other relationships too, you know, just around you when people have that negative perspective. It does a disservice to everybody. And I don't. (laughs) You got to protect your mental, right? You can't allow everything in. I'm a teacher. And when Mm -hmm. a kid raised their hand to come to me, and they come to me with their cheeks poked out poked out because they don't understand something and dragging their feet, go back to your seat. Don't bring me that energy. Mm-hmm. I can't allow that in my space, right? Because right. it's just work. We'll figure it out. Go over, to, go back to your seat, exhale a little bit, come back here with a more positive attitude. I got you. But with that, mm-hmm. I can't allow that in my space. You so you go sit down until you're you're ready. To hang out with me right right and that's yeah. how we need to approach everything and everybody get your mind right get yourself right before you come in my space because like it's it, that negative energy is so contagious and it weighs you down and nobody wants it so last but not least i wanted to talk too about so you do have a podcast and you have these vibe sessions that take place on every Saturday night. So I wanted to hear about that too. You know, how do you unwind? How do you get that vibe going? Well, we're actually on Sundays, uh, Facebook okay. Live at Vibe Sessions Official on Sundays. It's myself, mm-hmm. uh, my partner, Nitty Green from the group Riff, 
Uh, he also sang with Men of Vision as well, 90s R&B groups. And his, uh, his lady, Danielle Silver, she's the producer of the show. So that's a pretty cool concept. Uh, what happened with Vibe Sessions is Riff was supposed to take that uh, slot when the pandemic happened, just to kind of keep themselves relevant to, you know, their fans. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, the guys just didn't want to do it. So um, Nitty one day asked me, because he didn't have a show lined up, and the book was actually getting ready to be released. So he was like, listen, can I interview you about the book? And we did. And the interview uh, went uh, really well. Uh, then we did a part two to it. And then um, we just kind of like the vibe, the way the interview flowed. And and um, so he was like, listen, why don't you just come on Vibe Sessions and be one in? And, you know, so our uh, Vibe Session, we, just, we discussed life love and music so naturally i'm the life and love guy he's the artist so he's the he's the music piece and we've had some mm -hmm. phenomenal um guests on the show as well man we've had okay. uh shandice uh men at large we've had uh Devante from jodeci we've mm -hmm. had h-town um man uh little joe from rude boys mm -hmm. we had um Oh, I can't remember everybody. We had, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we had a, a nice lineup of people. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. So it's not for me. I don't even really have to get mentally prepared to go into vibe sessions. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that the people are going to be there and you can kind of be yourself because it's your format is enough for me to just like say, hey, let's just go enjoy the moment. And we do. We do. We mm -hmm. just go in. And we enjoy it. And I love it, man. And even where we, when we don't have guests and we just have our normal topics and the people are talking back, it's just, you know, it's cool to know that um, you can touch people in so many different ways. Because when we went through the pandemic, what we didn't want to do was uh, oversaturate people with COVID. Uh, everything now was on the news with George Floyd and, and these things, right? Not to ignore them as if they would go away, but just to give people a break from, you know, all of the weight that we were kind of dealing with at that particular time. So we just wanted to come in man, and talk about love, talk about loving one another. And we knew people being locked in the house, that would be a challenge. So right. we just wanted to challenge people, man, to understand that whatever commitments you made, you know, what I mean, in the beginning of this relationship. Listen, let's go back, right? And let's let's chop it up. Let's sit down. Like, yo, remember, you promised me that regardless of what happens, we just gonna we just gonna we gonna roll. We gonna figure it out. We gonna roll. Don't shut down on me now. So I always challenge people to do that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because let's face it, in any relationship, right? What was your biggest argument when you first got into this relationship? And everybody is so in love with one another, right? The biggest argument you had with one another was, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang, right? So mm -hmm. listen, keep that. Keep that. Don't listen. You got it. Let, let me tell you something. Her feet would stink when you first started dating her and she threw them up on your lap for you to rub them. Don't try to act like they too stink <laughs> now to rub them. Just, just take care of one another, man. At the end of the day, and we, and we try to, uh, push that message on vibe sessions as well to the point where we got a couple of the guys in the chat 
and um, they're inspired by that. So even as uh, we're closing our show, they put a little love message in the chat for everybody that was a part of the show on that day. And I, and I feel good because that's something that I always do. I always talk about love one another, love yourself. Let's take care of one another because it's tough out here, man. It's tough. So yeah, it's that's so important. That love thing, it's just so important to me. It is so important. Yes, it's a definite necessity. So thank you so much. I've had an amazing conversation. But before we leave, tell everybody how they can find you, your website, how they can purpose this book, and how they can tune in to these vibe sessions on Sunday nights. Vibe Sessions Official, every Sunday night on Facebook Live at Vibe Sessions Official. So we are air 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can find us on uh, Vibe Sessions, myself as well. I'm on Facebook at Little Pie McElvin. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-P-I-E-M-C-E-L-V-E-E-N. So that's Little Pie McElvin on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Website is www.littlepiemcelvin.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-P-I-E. M-C-E-L-V-E-E-N. So you can, um, the book will be up there soon. Right now it is on Amazon, or you can go to my Facebook, Instagram, DM me, and I can get you the book. Um, what you probably want to do that, that's the way you'll get a signed copy. Uh, Amazon, mm. you can't get a, a signed copy. And listen, man, it's, it's definitely some good information in it. I even allowed my kids to write uh, an open letter to tell how they felt, you know what I mean, about mm-hmm. the divorce, just so that, man, because they're, listen, man, their voice is important in that process. So I just urge everybody, man, that's going through it, if you have to go through it, just make sure um, you don't divorce your kids. Make sure you handle it like responsible adults and um, continue to love, man, continue to love. And for those that has been through it, don't shut yourself down, go through your healing process completely. And listen, you want to be loved and go love somebody else. Let's just, you know, let's let's just enjoy your life, man. We 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 only had that much time here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's let's enjoy this ride, people. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I have really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you so much also for just pin, pinpointing not only is it important for us to love ourselves, but also to love other people. So that was a great tie. So I hope everyone goes ahead and takes in these gems, like, especially for anyone that's going through a divorce and maybe going through a divorce, just don't divorce your children. Just remember, if there's kids involved, it takes a lot of maturity to not make your children victims. Like I said, my parents was definitely not as positive from this conversation, unfortunately. And it's a lot, you know, dealing with the repercussions just when a relationship ends in general, when there's children involved. You know, and also healing yourself, moving forward, realizing, hey, there's some parts of myself that I can fix, you know, in order to move forward. Because a lot of times when we split from people, it's so easy to point to the other person and say, oh, well, they did blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, even if it may not be your fault, there's still always something that we can fix about ourselves, you know. 100%. Like, right. Even let's say we were hurt by that person, there's still something in us that that welcome that you know what i'm saying so we all got to do that healing so once again just 
whatever you do, make sure you go love yourself. Be safe, but also get that healing. Whatever it takes to get that healing, self-reflection, therapy, reading more, just connecting with people, or even disconnecting sometimes, getting that solitude, whatever it takes to heal, just know that you're worth it and you deserve that healing. So thank you guys. You can catch this episode and many more on www.thecuechat.com. And you can also watch this episode on YouTube. That's Go Queen TV. So just make sure you stay connected. Go love yourself and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Go Queen, go Queen, go Queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.